Hello everyone, welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and today we are continuing our path and our trip through the book of Revelation. We are on Revelation chapter 13, and so we uh, we will be going through and we're going to be looking at the Antichrist today, and uh, so this is a really fascinating chapter. So if you don't have your Bible, please pause the podcast, run, get your Bible, come back and join us. Revelation chapter 13, I'm teaching out of the King James Version today. So we're starting with verse number one as uh, John is talking to Jesus and Jesus is dictating this to him to let him hear everything. He says, and I, this is John saying, I stood upon the sands of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and 10 horns and upon his horns, 10 crowns and upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. Now we need to understand that Just like when we saw last week in Revelation chapter 12, we saw a similar beast. And uh, so we need to understand that some of these heads and the, the personification of lifelike things here in these dragons and, and these uh, beasts, they are not um, a bunch of leaders that has risen up all at the same time. These, these heads were over a period of time that uh, has ushered in a certain person. And I, I don't want to spend a lot of time today on these beasts because we, we know that these beasts, just like we saw last week, <clears throat> can be spanned over a lot of time. There's, there's Toward the end of this chapter is what I want to really concentrate on today. But uh, just understand that the, the heads and the crowns are, are leaders and people that rise up in the world and, and things like that. And, and that's not really for us to just really dig in and try to find out exactly and things like that, but who they are ushering in, who they are... Uh, uh, Kind of, kind of following and letting their spirit lead, if you will. So uh, let's go on to verse chapter two. And the beast <clears throat> which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth was as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat, a, a, his seat and great authority. So the the dragon we know who the dragon was from last week the the great dragon uh, not even last week the week before but the great dragon is satan himself that word dragon is a uh when we use that greek word it was used just for telling who satan was so i want you to understand both russia and romania are seriously populated with bears and also known and represented by the bear the country of Russia isn't in play in the New Testament like the Roman Empire is. And however, Romania, which is formerly uh, Dacia in the New Testament, they became a part of the Roman Empire in AD 106, uh, not long after this particular book was written in the, uh, in the early mid-90s. And the, so the mouth of the, the um, lion, however, Current nations recognized as the lion are England and Ethiopia, but again, Israel carries a symbol of the lion of the tribe of Judah back in the New Testament. But in the book of Daniel, some of these things we need to look at and go back into other prophecies to find out. And in the book of Daniel, the winged lion is Babylon. And in the book of Daniel, the bear is the Medio persian Empire, and the winged leopard was the Greek Empire that conquered the Persian Empire through the means of Alexander the Great. So he died, Alexander the Great died without a child to be an heir to his empire. So 
His entire empire, everything he conquered, was split between four of his generals as seen in Daniel's vision. So we, we can look at these uh, leopards and bears and things like that, and you can see these characters in the book of Daniel. <clears throat> and we see the beast is depicted as the Roman Empire, but it was the longest and most powerful empire in the book in history. And so we're, we're not saying that the Roman Empire itself was Satan or the Roman Empire itself was the Antichrist. I don't want you to get that idea here, but the, the heads and things like that of these leaders coming down through history, a lot of those heads was in the Roman Empire. And we, we, need to, we just need to kind of let that kind of drift a little bit, just knowing that these specific leaders over periods of time, like we talked about last week, as we, we talked about seven different kings that was rulers and that was declared king of kings over the world, uh, over time, they became leaders that ushered in the ones that was used by Satan to do certain things. So <clears throat> we, need to, we need to move on and understand that uh, we, we've got to read the metaphorical implications of every vision in this book because Jesus wasn't speaking to everyone. I actually preached some of this in, the, in my pulpit uh, Sunday that uh, when Jesus was talking about the uh, parables and things like that and his disciples asked him why he spoke to people in parables, he wasn't talking to everyone. He was those who were seeking him out, those who understood him, wanted to know more about him. He, They understood what he was saying and the kingdom was for them, not for the people that uh, just didn't want to hear him and didn't want to follow him. So he, he spoke in parables and that way that the people who was really chasing after him and, and really wanting the kingdom of God, those people would understand him. So uh, Jesus wasn't speaking to everyone. He was speaking to those people in the kingdom that would have spiritual wisdom enough to seek out the truth. So remember also, all of these heads of the beast are not visible in power at the same time, just like they weren't in the last chapter. So we, we really need to pay a close attention to this and, re and also realize that... Uh, they are not uh, time sensitive to where each chapter comes in a comes in a specific timeline, one right behind the other. That does not happen in the book of Revelation at all. So we need to make sure that there's not a time sequence in our mind that we're trying to look at these events. Well, chapter 12 happened before chapter 13 or chapter 9 happened before chapter 10. <clears throat> not all of that is, now there is some of these events that are true that do happen sequential, but not all of them. And this is definitely not one of those. This, just like we had one chapter that went back and gave us a recap of time and just started back way before the beginning of the earth. He's just giving us information in some of these chapters to help make some sense out of different things, but it also ushers in why Jesus Christ is the most powerful. He is Lord of Lord. He's King of all, and that he will reign in the end over every single thing in creation. This is our number one picture of the book of Revelation. So it's telling a timeline of events leading up to a final event. So let's go on to verse number three. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast. <clears throat> now, we've, we've seen on movies where we saw that uh, a guy playing the Antichrist was shot in the head and hurt. This One of these heads that we're talking about here is one of the heads of the dragon that just represents a, uh, that represents one of the leaders that is brought in that ushers in this antichrist over a period of time. 
a wounded head just means one of the leaders was wounded. And that uh, that doesn't mean that uh, someone was actually shot in the head. So we need to really look at some of these. And I know I'm kind of hanging around on a lot of this stuff to, to describe it, but helping you understand some of these things in the book of Revelation is really pertinent for you to get all the big picture. <clears throat> this just basically means that there was someone who was, uh, one of the heads was wounded. Uh, one of the leaders themselves that ushered in, that was part of this dragon, that ushered in the beast and ushered in the Antichrist, over time, one of them got wounded badly and was healed and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon. This is clearly saying that this was Satan, which gave power unto the beast. And, and they worshiped the beast. So they worshiped Satan himself and they worshiped the Antichrist, saying, who is likened to the beast? Who is able to make war with him? So this, this word beast here in the Greek is a Thaleon. It's G2342. If you have a concordance by now and you're looking these things up, look for G2342. So this is not a beast. It's uh, an animal or anything like that. This is metaphorically speaking, someone who is extremely brutal, a bestial man, a, a savage and very ferocious leader. And verse number five here says, there was given unto this beast a mouth. So he had a pulpit, he had a, a stage, he had an audience where he was speaking great things and blasphemies and, and he had power. But the Greek word of that power is that exosia power. It's not the dunamis power that God himself has. It's exosia power that was given from dunamis power. So that means that God himself is allowing this man, giving this man this kind of power for a certain purpose. And he continued 40 and two months. So that three and a half years on that Greek calendar, on the Jewish calendar, that this man has got 42 months, three and a half years, that he is having this mouth and this power to be able to speak. This word mouth in the Greek is G4750. It means stoma, or the Greek word is stoma. And since the thoughts of a man's soul find verbal utterance by his mouth, the heart or the soul and the mouth are distinguished. So this man is speaking his heart and soul. You are finding out as he speaks what's coming out of his heart and who he really is. So you need to understand that, that <clears throat> this Antichrist is going to be speaking out of his heart and you're going to be able to see the evil in his heart. His, his soul is going to reveal who he is through his mouth is what this is saying. So verse number six, and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme God's name, to blaspheme God's tabernacle, and to blaspheme them that dwell in heaven. Now he's, he's running his mouth about everything that has to do with God because he is an enemy of God. He hates God. He hates the fact that Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. He hates the fact that he won that battle. He hates the fact that Jesus took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He hates God. He hates the Trinity. He hates you for believing in God, and he is blaspheming to all these people that's left on the earth that missed the rapture, to all these people that's part of this evil empire that he's that he's trying to draw them in and get them to believe in him and, and trust in him as the Messiah. And he's going to deceive millions of people. But he's, 
He's talking to all these people, telling them how bad of a person God is and, and how bad of a person Jesus Christ is and how bad of a person all those people in heaven is and people are going to fall for that. That word blasphemy is blasphemia, Strong's G988. Now, please don't take me with these pronunciations uh, uh, really perfect because I'm not absolutely sure I'm getting them right all the time in the Greek word, but if you want to look them up, it's Strong's G988. It means slander, detraction, injurious speech to another person's good name impious and reproachful speech that is to injure the divine majesty. So he is purposely trying to injure the reputation and the name of God and Jesus Christ. That's what he's here for. Now, verse number seven says, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints. Hold the phone. See, people, people look at this verse right here and say, this is proof right here that the church hasn't left, that the, that the rapture don't take place prior to the tribulation. This is proof right here. No, look at the rest of that verse so or the rest of that sentence. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. I want to tell you today that scripture tells me I've been made an overcomer in Christ. I'm not gonna be overcome by the devil that my savior has already overcome that rascal and I've been made an overcomer in Christ and he has taken the keys of death, hell, and the grave and Satan has no power over me. These, this power that he's going to overcome people is the people who have become Christians since the rapture took place, since evil started taking over, since the snow globe started getting shaken that I talked about in earlier episodes, since the mountain was flipping and the, the bloody fire and the bloody ice and, and all these things was coming, the great big locust with the scorpion tails, since all this stuff is coming on the earth and, and the plagues and the famine and the water turning to blood and, and the, a third of the fish life and all those thing. Everything that's been going on in the middle of this, people's been turning to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So there's lots of saints on the earth now that haven't died yet, that haven't been killed. You know, we saw back in previous chapters where many of them were killed and martyred for the sake of Christ, but there's still people over and over and over. Remember this tribulation is God's last ditch effort to try to show people who's in control, to show people how much he loves them, to show people that they need to turn to him. He's doing everything he can to win people over to get them out of the hands of Satan. He loves you that much that it would put this kind of pressure on you to get you to turn. Now, a lot of people say, what a sorry God that is. But no, I would think that that's a parent that loves you so much he will do anything he can to keep you out of hell. That's what God's number one purpose is. That's why Jesus came to die on the cross to save you. And if you would just receive him as Lord and Savior, you won't be here for all this stuff and you won't be part of that. You'll be in heaven rejoicing and worshiping Jesus Christ while all this is going on and you won't see any of this. But this verse number seven, he said it was given to the Antichrist to himself, to the beast himself to make war with the saints that are existing here on the earth that have become Christians during the tribulation and he has given the power to overcome them. And that power is exosia, not dunamis. He was given that power by God himself. He was given the power over all kindreds over all tongues and all nations, all the people that's left on the earth. Now you remember that uh, 
we had a, a massive amount already of people disappear from the earth from the rapture. A lot of people died from some of the first, when the seals started breaking and the, the death angel went to traveling and the man on the black horse and all that and the man with the scales and, and all these things was taking place. Many, many, many people have already died. Many have already been killed for the sake of Christ. The crowd on the earth is getting smaller and smaller as we go through the book of Revelation. So we want to see here uh, the, the people that are left on the earth, the Antichrist knows that he's been given power over them and he hates Christians. Remember, he's, he's given slanderous speech to God. He's, he's slandering God's name. He's slandering heaven. He's slandering Jesus Christ. And all the people that's left on the earth that are believing in Jesus Christ, he hates those people and he has power over them to overcome them. This, this verse tells you that the saints after the rapture of the church are, are becoming saints as we go. So don't, don't let this verse fool you into thinking that uh, the rapture hasn't taken place yet. Look at it and compare all other scripture and understand that those of us that's here right now before the rapture takes place that have put our trust in Jesus Christ, we are overcomers in Christ. Satan has not overcome you. If you have Christ inside of you, Satan cannot overcome you. You've got to understand that. You have been made an overcomer in Christ. You are joint heirs with Christ. You are sitting at the right hand of the Father with Christ in spirit. So Satan cannot overcome you. It's only the people that's left here on the earth after the rapture has taken place, that he's been given temporary power over them. And that's what this particular verse is over. Let's look at verse number eight now. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Now look on a little further because that's not the saints. Look, it says whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain before the foundations of the earth. So all these Christians that's become Christians on the earth during the tribulation, their names have been put in the lamb's book of life. We saw back in some previous chapters where the angel said, don't harm anybody that's got the seal of God on them. So these people right here have been sealed by the blood of the lamb and everybody but the Christians are worshiping this Antichrist. Now, Jesus is saying right here, number nine, this is Christ himself. We heard, we heard this when Jesus was talking to the seven churches. He, he made this statement seven different times. If you have an ear, let him hear. Listen to me. Pay attention to my voice. If you're recognizing who I am, listen to me now. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. And here is the patience and the faith of the saints. He's saying the saints that's here on the earth, they need to have patience. They don't need to take up weapons and try to fight the Antichrist. That guy was put here for a purpose. And there, he's saying, just like what Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he told Peter to put his sword down for those who live by the sword will die by the sword. Don't let the, don't saints of God that are left here in the, in the tribulation or not left here, let me let me make sure that we say that right, saints of God that become saints of God during the tribulation after the church is gone, they don't need to get to a place where they rise up and try to fight the Antichrist. They will not win. They will be killed with the sword. Now, verse number 11 says, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb. 
and he spake as a dragon. So he has the two horns like a lamb. So he has a similitude like Jesus Christ. He is pretending to be a, a, a saint. He is, he is giving the image that he is working for God himself. So, so look at this. He, he has two horns like a lamb, but he spake as a dragon. Now, a lot of people say that this is most likely the Pope. This is going to be a priest, a spiritual leader of some type. I don't know that it's going to be the Pope, so please don't say that I said this directly because I don't know that it's going to be. It could most likely be, but we don't know for sure. But there will be a powerful religious leader that is known by the world, that people put their trust in, that makes people turn to the Antichrist and Satan and worship him. He's going to make people think that the Antichrist is the one we need to be worshiping as he's saying this. So that's he's, he's going to rise up and deceive more people as a religious leader. And he exercises the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast. So he's going to get people to worship Satan. He's going to get people to turn their hearts towards Satan because the Antichrist is going to deceive them into believing. And it says whose deadly wound was healed. I, I want you to understand this because these are pointing toward and remember as we go through these, metaphorically speaking, remember that term, metaphorically speaking, if you want to understand, Jesus talks in code. He talks in parables. He, he talks in things like this. So he's metaphorically speaking here about this man that's, uh, whose deadly wound was healed. Verse number 13, he does great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image of the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. So we need to see right here that he, the, the, the stone tablets that Moses came down from the mountain with said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt make no graven images. Even if it was Jesus Christ himself standing there, Christ would not authorize an image to be made of him. He's the one to be worshiped in spirit and truth, not a statue of him. So this right here should tell you that this has nothing to do with God at all, that this is Satan deceiving. So we need to see this. Look at verse number 15. And he had power to give life unto the image and the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So just like when King Nebuchadnezzar tried to get the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to uh, worship and bow down to the image, they're going to try to get all the Christians that are saints of God that they hate so much to bow down to this image. They're going to repeat things just like happened in the past. Here's our excuse to get to kill them. They are not going to bow down to my image. Now I've got a right to kill them. This is all planned out to kill the Christians. That's what it's there for. Look at verse number 16. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, remember this right here. I want you to understand this, that this is saying that he, he that has the mark or the name of the beast 
or the number of his name. I'm going to prove to you here in just a minute that all three of those are the exact same thing. Look at verse number 18, the last verse. Here is wisdom. Jesus is saying, let him that has understanding count the number of the beast. He's saying count, for it is the number of a man. He's telling you it's the number of a man, and his number is 600, three score, and six. So that word wisdom there is Strong's G4678, Sophia. That word is the intelligence evidenced in discovering the meaning of some mysterious number or vision. That word understanding is Strong's G3563, uh, Nuse, the power of considering and judging soberly, calmly, and impartially. So you need to be impartial when you're doing this. Don't be thinking that you've got somebody you believe is the beast or you believe it's going to be. It, let's look again. That he might have the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So that, that says in human thinking that there's three different marks that could be given to you that would mean the same thing. I'm going to show you that it is one mark. And it means the same thing all the way through. So uh, the word count there, Strong's G5585, Fefizo. Uh, I'm not sure I got that anywhere close to that, but it, it's Strong's G5585. If you're looking up, it means to count with pebbles, to compute, calculate, or reckon. And that number is G706, Arithmos, where we get our word arithmetic. It's a fixed and definite number. <clears throat> and it also means an indefinite number or multitude, and this one's going to be a fixed indefinite number. And that phrase of the beast is one word, G2342, Thalion. Metaphorically speaking, it means a brutal, bestial man, savage, and ferocious person, just like I mentioned earlier. That of a man, that or of a man is a particular person or a particular human being. So this mark and this name and this number is all the same thing. And if you look at that uh, Greek word in the, in the concordance, uh, 666 is a, uh, it's key X stigma. It's got a uh, X and then a squiggly line, kind of like a serpent. And then it's got the stigma symbol. Now, the stigma is a mark of disgrace associated with a particular circumstance, quality, or person. Revelation chapter 9, verse 11 said they had a king over them. That was Satan that was their king coming up out of that pit. And Satan represents the highest number of this uh, Antichrist. He's the 600. Revelation 6 and 2, and I saw and behold a white horse. You remember that when he was breaking the seals, he came to make war and to kill. That is the Antichrist. He's the next in line of that trinity that he's the number 60, the Antichrist. And I, I'm not putting these different numbers on there. I'm just trying to help you <clears throat> put, to, put together something here to realize that there is a, a trinity here. Genesis 1, 24 through 31 says, God made man and beast. In the beginning, we see that God made man and beast on the same day, on the sixth day. So the sixth day is where man is represented. You've got three sixes, the 600, the 60, and the six. 600, three score, and six in the Greek is key Z stigma. It's a mystical number, the meaning of which is very clear when it is written in Hebrew letters. You can read this in the concordance and you can see this. It's G5516. 
and it uh, when you write it in Hebrew letters and every number, everybody knows that in the Hebrew letters, there's a number associated with it. In the Greek letters, there's a number associated with every letter in the alphabet and it says Nero Caesar. Now again, this is metaphorically speaking. Don't Please don't say that this preacher on the internet is telling me that Caesar, Nero Caesar, is the one that is the Antichrist. I, I don't, I'm not saying that. Please don't think that. Remember, this is metaphorically speaking. I want to tell you a little bit about Nero. During his reign, he was very abusive and punished and put down all kinds of Christians. He inflicted the Christians and he even uh, destroyed uh, the, the night July 8th. Uh, AD July 18th AD 64 he there was a fire that raged for nine days uh, where he burnt the shops of Cirrus Maximus and uh, on the sixth day this uh, suspicious uh, fire just flared up again and uh, he he burnt the city nearly two-thirds of Rome burned down including the Palatine Hill and countless people died and there was uh, he he put he he set this fire because he hated the Christians so much he was setting a trap for them so that he could have a purpose to kill them and turn against them and although many of the populace believe that Nero intentionally had started the fire he himself blamed the Christians this is in uh, the natural history of. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, there's several books out there that you can find this in. I don't have a lot of time to tell a lot of them. I got just a couple minutes left here, but he blamed the Christians because of their supposed hatred of mankind. They didn't hate mankind. He, they just told that because the Christians were different. Every, anybody that was different, and you see presidents like this, you see the former United States president has just been turned into a villain because of his desire to love and care for somebody else, and, and you got a total different person in there. So instead Instead of saying we've just got differences, they turn on each other and just crash and destroy everything that the other one done. And this is the same thing going in this guy. He 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 had the Christians thrown to dogs. He nailed them to crosses in the gardens and burnt them alive to serve as living torches in the night. And it, it was no surprise that Nero was perceived by the Christians as a persecutor of their faith. No doubt. And the, this, he was the one that persecuted them and, and uh, hated the Christians. And after Nero's suicide in AD 68, he was wounded and killed. There was a right, widespread belief that he rose from the dead. There was three different times that people believed he was resurrected and people came back pretending to be him. And, as, and people believe, uh, believe that for a long time, but as popular belief in Nero's actual return began to fade, he had no longer regarded had been regarded as a historical figure, um, but the, his he had turned, and <clears throat> there was a lot of books that said that uh, Isaiah prophesied the end of the world. It was a testament of Hezekiah. This is not in the Bible, so don't think that I'm quoting in the Bible, but these are some of these Greek words and things, that, that uh, Greek books and things that came out. Uh, that there was a prophecy that Isaiah said in the end of the world that Belial, the Antichrist, would manifest himself in the incarnation of the dead Nero. Now, before you think that I'm saying that Nero is the one that's going to be the Antichrist, I'm still saying metaphorically speaking, I want you to understand that metaphorically, a man that hated the Christians so much that would destroy the earth, that would kill people, that would just set traps and didn't care about any life whatsoever. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to kill everybody. That's his goal. And especially those who believe in Jesus Christ. That was Nero Caesar that was like that. And just like, um, just like John the Baptist came in the spirit 
of Elijah, of, uh, yeah, Elijah this Antichrist is going to have that same evil hatred spirit on him just like Nero Caesar. He's coming in a spirit like Nero Caesar. It's not going to be Nero Caesar raised from the dead and reincarnated, but he's going to have that same evil hatred toward the human race, toward human people. Even the people he gets to worship him are not going to be loved by him. He's just doing that for the sake of making sure that they don't worship God. you got to understand that. He's not looking to win these people over to worship him. He just wants to take them to hell with him. He don't want them to go to heaven. He don't want them to be part of God's kingdom. He just wants to see them destroyed and his trickery is to trick them into thinking he's the Messiah so that people will die and go to hell with him. And he wants to kill all them Christians and get them out of the way so that they can't influence the other people to not listen to him. This is going to be a a reincarnation spiritually. It's not going to be a physical. It's just going to be somebody that comes in the person uh, or the spirit of somebody just like Nero Caesar was when he was doing everything possible to destroy and kill every Christian on the earth, burning down his own city, making his own people pay a price, making the, his own people lose their historical documents in the city. He didn't care about anything. He hated the Christians so much, he would kill his own people to get to the Christians. This is the same spirit that, that the Antichrist is going to have. He's going to kill people. He's going to start out making them think that he loves them, making them think he's going to feed them and care for them and keep them healthy. And just to draw them into a trap to begin to kill them by the thousands, this is what this man is going to show up as. So you... Now, the big picture is here. You don't have to be here for that. You can leave this world before all that happens with Jesus Christ in your heart. You need to be turned and turning to Jesus Christ, trust in him for your salvation, receive him in your life as Lord and Savior today so that you do not get left to face all this and see all this, and it will not matter to you whatsoever. But that, uh, I believe that that mark, and this is just my opinion because of how this goes, the, the name of the beast, the mark of the beast, and the number of the beast is that X, that little squiggly line in the middle, that uh, key C stigma symbol that's in the Greek concordance, uh, G5516, that will be, that will represent the name, it will represent the number, and it will represent the mark. I, I believe that that's probably how it's going to be, but it will be used. Those numbers could be used in barcodes and everything else. I'm not going to say that I know exactly what the mark's going to look like, and I don't care. I don't plan on being here, but the mark is going to be the mark of someone that hates mankind so much that the only thing that he has on his agenda is to kill you and take you to hell with him. So don't be here for the tribulation. Don't be here in this stuff. He will trick, he will deceive, he will draw you in. Turn to Jesus Christ today so that you don't have to face this, amen? God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. I pray that this has helped you. Turn it, share it with other people. Let other people know what this is gonna be like. Share the word of God and most of all, share your salvation. Testify to other people and let them receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God bless you. We'll see you on the next one.